This is Safe for Work, the Workopolis podcast. Hi, I'm Sal Chaffee, and today on the podcast, resume writing. You know, in theory, it sounds really easy. A short document listing all your experience and skills. But in practice, writing an effective resume can be a soul-crushing endeavor. To save our souls, we're here with Sonia Matheson, Workopolis' employer branding and recruitment services manager. Hey, Sonia. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So you've been working with resumes for quite a while, right? Yes, I have. So I have been in the field of talent communication, talent acquisition for about 15 years now. Okay. And recruiting and uh, resume screening and talent acquisition, it goes hand in hand. So I've done a lot of projects as part of a whole 360 uh, onboarding solutions uh, for my clients. And I don't want to wager a guess as to how many resumes that I have seen. It's been a lot. (laughs) Great. So what do you think are the most important components of a resume? What's really essential? I think what's really essential, quantifiable skills. So hands down, if you're a salesperson, you want to talk numbers and targets. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a project manager, you want to talk project size and budget. Uh, Demonstrated experience, um, what did you do? How did you improve the business? How did you make your mark in your team and in the business as a whole? Okay. I think that being too vague on a resume, it, it really seems like you're hiding something. So it, it's 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 really great when you can you can um, have some demonstrated uh, experience on the resume. I guess um, that kind of helps. Uh, illustrate the value you can bring to a company, right? It absolutely does. I mean, I think that that one of the things that people really do tend to get into, and, and when I start reading resumes and my eyes start crossing, <laughs> is is when you know there's a lot of when you use industry jargon, or when there's a lot of everyone tries to put their you know I laugh I go you know you get you put your resume writing pants on and you go out and you use these big words that you never use in in actual conversation and you string them all together and at the end you're like what. Did I just read? Um, so I think you know, it, be be real. You know, um, it, be yourself. Be um, y- use use language that people can understand, and and please uh, avoid the word passionate. <laughs> I always say that. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who's passionate about working in a call center, for example. I mean, you might love working in a call center, but I, you know, I, I hope that you find your passions outside your work and in your everyday life. <laughs> Okay, so what aside from avoiding the word passionate, what are some of the things that people can do to really make sure their resumes stand out? You know, because I read the average job posting gets 250 applications. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yep. what can people do to make sure their resumes get noticed? Yeah, well, if I'm recruiting and I'm screening resumes, I love it when people list their skills right at the top. Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm looking for someone with C sharp. Right, and and if you uh, summarize your your skills right at the top, and that's one of them, then I know that's a trigger for me um, that I should be delving deeper into this resume and, and really start seeing now what the demonstrated experience with with that is. Um, I also think that um, you have to be clear to the to the point. Uh, you know, fancy fancy formatting is is really often um, <laughs> you know it, it's often sort of messed up when it enters a, an applicant tracking system. So sometimes people uh, they have all the best intentions of, of really you know making this really cool resume, but once it goes through an ATS, it really just comes out as a blank page, or it's all jumbled. Okay, let me stop you there because a couple oh, yeah. of things I want to ask about. So first, sure. for people that don't know what it is, what is an applicant tracking system? Oh, yes. Okay, so an applicant tracking system is, is normally a tool that's used by employers to help sort of corral uh, the resumes. All, all the individuals that um, that want to uh, apply for an organization, an applicant tracking system normally will power, it's the engine that powers your career page. So uh, if you've ever uh, um, applied for a job and you've been asked to put in all of your information, your, you know, um, 
answer a bunch of field questions, that type of thing, um, chances are you are applying to an applicant tracking system. And almost all employers are using them nowadays. And it also helps on the back end for the recruiters to be able to track candidates, see where they are in the process, make notes, share, and, and do all that good stuff on the back end, right? right? So that is an applicant tracking system. Okay. And then when it comes to formatting, because I've struggled with this a lot over the years, yeah. does that really matter if it's not going through an applicant tracking system? And if, if so, what format do you think is the most effective for resumes? Well, I, I personally feel that uh, that really clean and simple is, is the best way to go. Um, at the end of the day, what you want to ensure is that your resume is concise, to the point, upfront with all of the relevant information, it, um, it includes um, the jobs and the skills that are exemplary of, of what you possess. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to formatting is concerned, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, you can have really, really cool, fancy format, especially, you know, if you're in the marketing or advertising field or something like that, uh, or, or design field. Uh, but uh, very often, a lot of the integrity of your resume is sort of, you know, it, it, it's, it's lost if it goes into a system that, that actually can't read that resume. So you, you know, you kind of, it's all for naught. And, and I don't know very many recruiters that if they get a, a jumbled or a, mm-hmm. a, a blank resume are going to go through the extra effort of calling that applicant, right? So you really want to make sure that your formatting is clean and easy, Word document, PDF, out you go. Great. So you said skills at the top, yep. clean, easy format. Any other tips and tricks that uh, you'd recommend? Well, um, you know, I, I really do. Uh, I recommend that if you have a LinkedIn uh, profile, you should definitely add it to your resume. Okay. Uh, I know years ago I was re- I was recruiting for recruiters, and and I had a recruiter come through who only had 50, 50 contacts on their LinkedIn, and that was you know that's the most uh, powerful networking tool for professionals right now, and and it's if you're a recruiter, you're you're not using that right, and and so obvious to me, I was like, well, this. Recruiters not using the, the, the tools that are easy to, uh, at their disposal. Uh, I also think that, um, you know, if, if you, you'll want to cover your bases. So if you've had several jobs at one company, that's great. But list the most relevant skills and, and you can sort of put the various titles there, um, you know, but just make sure you're listing the relevant skills rather than maybe listing each one separately and, and make your resume super long for people to have to go through. Um, I also cannot stress enough, you know, have your friend or family member proofread. <laughs> you know, I'm in this business and, and I actually had my friend proofread my resume and she found two spelling mistakes. So I'm like, it can happen. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody because I'm, you know, but uh, definitely those are things that I would recommend. And on the, on the topic of length, uh, I've often read two pages is sort of the unwritten rule. Do you think that's that's true? I think that's a myth. Um, okay. You know, I, I've heard that a lot. And, and in my opinion, I think that I would much rather, as a recruiter, go through four pages of great experience than understand that a person maybe doesn't have that skill because they just they, they were trying to fit it into a two-page format. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that as long as the experience is relevant, you can you can add a little bit more length because that's really what a recruiter is looking for. Okay. What about people that have been working either you know self-employed or freelance how can someone approach that when it comes to writing on a resume absolutely if you if you are a self-employed individual or you're a freelance individual you're still learning extremely valuable skills and if you're applying to a position you know my recommendation would be even if it's with a you know with, a, with an organization uh, my recommendation is it sort of goes back to the first thing I said keep your demonstrated skills first and foremost what you learned what you accomplished let's say you had uh, 
uh, you were contracted out at certain companies. You're a freelancer, but you you know worked with different uh, company projects. Uh, you still made an impact to the company. As as a freelancer or a self-employed individual, you're still somewhere doing impactful, meaningful work, right? And I think that uh, as long as you can demonstrate how uh, those skills could be transferable to the role that you're applying for, then I, 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 I don't really see that as a huge deterrent. Okay. Do you think that applicants should be tailoring their resume to every application? Yeah, th- that's a really good question. I, personally, I have several versions of my resume. So I have, I mean, they're very similar format, but they're mm-hmm. slightly different. So, uh, you know, I, I don't tailor for every position. But let's say I have one for, um, you know, I have a very diverse background. So I have one for employer branding, which is, is something that has been part of my career in the past. Uh, I have one for client management and one for recruiting. I mean, these are things, uh, even though all of the roles that I've, I've held have different components of these things, what I've done in those resumes is I've sort of, I've, I've brought those pieces of the work to the forefront mm-hmm. to really make it relevant for the role that I am uh, that, that I'm trying to apply to and are you doing that by bringing specific skills from those jobs up to the top absolutely I do uh, and you know and I, I I make sure that they're easy to read I, I make sure that uh, you know if, if I was I was working in a project that's relevant to employer branding that you know I, I'm going to mention that project on re- my resume uh, and and for maybe another role that was more uh, you know that was more r- relevant for talent acquisition those are the ones I'm going to highlight so I have a couple of versions and and for when I am looking for jobs those you know I, I use them um, to sort of tailored to which types of roles, but not exactly to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, however, uh, tailor my cover letter. So I think that if there are some serious must-have qualifications, then uh, you, I, I really make sure that my cover letter addresses that if my resume doesn't speak for itself in, in those aspects. Well, the next question then is, is the cover letter dead? Is it still relevant? You know what? I... I believe that it is. it is changed, but I, I, I still think it's relevant to have because... I have done recruiting for some clients that absolutely insist on a cover letter mm-hmm. and some who wouldn't ever read a cover letter. You know, it, it's just it's just something they scan through and, and, and whatnot. Um, it, it, no matter whether or not you're writing a formal cover letter or you're just simply sending an email or something like that, I mean, you do have a couple of sentences there to to sort of introduce yourself and and. and speak briefly as to why you would be a great fit for the organization. I think it's important to always have a cover letter sort of at the ready, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, uh, and and when you have the opportunity to, to use it, use it. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes you might not send, uh, send the resume with the cover letter and sometimes you might, but uh, people do still ask for them. Do you think a cover letter is best used to sort of showcase more of your personality or to really highlight those important skills that that maybe the job description is asking for? I think it can be both. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, writing, when you're doing business writing, uh, I think that it's very important to allow some of your personality to come through. I mean, you know, business writing, it's so structured, but at the same time, uh, you know, you you do have the opportunity to to show a little bit of your stuff that, that you got in that in your skill sets, and mm-hmm. I think that the cover letter, um, you know, it's a really nice little summary. Uh, if somebody is only looking at your cover letter and they're looking at it and they're going, "Wow, this is well written." Oh, one, two, three. Oh, they've they've hit these three points. You know, the likelihood of them going through your your four page resume is is probably uh, more likely. Okay, so we've touched on formatting issues that people may run across. What are some of the common mistakes that job seekers make when it comes to writing resumes? Funnily enough, I laugh about this, but it's so true. The worst culprit above all else is inappropriate email addresses. You would, <laughs> you would be surprised. 
surprised at how many resumes I get with these email addresses and they're like extremely inappropriate or silly or, you know, bordering on offensive. Uh, I, maybe, you know, maybe just clean that up a little bit, folks. Um, but also, you know, I see a lot of lack of contact information. Uh, you know, language, you know, a language, uh, like big mistakes when it comes to uh, spelling errors or, or, or grammar errors, that type of thing. Uh, using lots of acronyms that are really industry specific, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially when I'm doing a lot of um, uh, IT recruiting or engineering recruiting, uh, you know, I'll get a, my I'll get a resume that's 18 pages, and the first two pages are acronyms, and I'm sitting there going. Okay, so I what <laughs> you know you're looking at these things, and I know you've got lots that you want to you know you want to tell people about, but uh, you know you have to be cognizant of that. And um, you know, listing experience or jobs that you know you might have held before your pro- professional career started. So uh, you know, for example, maybe maybe you worked at, at a grocery store, which is fantastic, but now you're an engineer. You know, maybe take that uh, experience that you don't. Feel was relevant to the role you're trying to get now. Take that off your resume. It really has no business there. Um, you know, if you ever, if you do get the opportunity to interview and, and you want to draw on experience that you had from before you became an engineer, great. You can speak to it. Doesn't need to be on your resume. Okay. From there, so what would you say is the best piece of advice uh, for someone that's that's writing their resume right now? Well, my my biggest piece of advice to to anyone who asks me now is the way that companies screen resumes they're changing. It's it's changing all the time. You can't always depend on an industry expert to be screening your resume. So if you are, you know, going back to engineering, not to pick on engineers, but if you are uh, applying for an engineering role, you don't necessarily know that an engineering manager is the one who's going to be reading your resume. It could be a human resources person who or 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 a, a third party outsource person who might not be an engineer by trade. So I think that if that's the case, you you need to um, you know not make assumptions that somebody's going to know if I worked with this, I naturally worked with this. Right. You, you have to list your knowledge and your skills, keeping in mind that the individual who, who is reading the resume may not be of that trade. It, it, it's very common now to outsource this. So I think that y- y- you have to take that into consideration. Uh, I mentioned it before, keep your resume clean, concise, easy to understand your skills and, and highlight those skills uh, with your demonstrated experience. So if you have the ability to show that you've hit your target 103%, every year for the past three years, great, put that on there because it's very important and and they'll qualify it later when they actually have the conversation with you. Um, Most importantly though, I think think above all else is is be, be genuine. Don't don't lie about what you can do if you can't do it. I mean, it, it will come out, and I know that that it seems like such an easy thing, but it's it's true. People, you know, um, you know, people will very often they'll apply to jobs that they actually do not have any relevant experience for, and you know, you you have to be you have to be realistic of of whether or not you you can do that job, and I think that that is a very important part of of job hunting. Amazing, thank you, Sonia. You, You're you may have saved someone's soul. Who knows? Ah, perfect. <laughs> it's not as hard as you think. I think my last thing I will say is when you get into that interview, remember, recruiters want you to be the candidate. They don't want to exclude you. They want you to be the candidate because once they fill that job, it's they can job move done. on to the next job. Exactly. Right. So, you know, when people get in there, they get so scared. Oh, my gosh, they're, they're trying to get rid of me. They're not. They're actually wanting you to be the one. So always remember that when you go into an interview. Amazing. Sage advice. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you. If you'd like more resume tips and hacks, please check out our blog at workopolis.com slash advice. Safe for Work is produced by me, Sal Chalfi, Paige McGarry, and Madison McKee. Music by the band Code Pie. You've been listening to Safe for Work, the Workopolis podcast. 